Hey, it's Jen Garrett here, and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. I've helped thousands of people to develop their own personal game plan to achieve that next level of greatness. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies of professional athletes, Fortune 500 executives, and successful entrepreneurs to elevate your hustle and get you across your goal line. So get ready. It's your time to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. As always, it's great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. Inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball today is a special guest, and I'm so excited for her to share her amazing experiences and stories. Welcome to the show, Pam Christian. Pam is a mindset coach, a motivational speaker, and the host of the Juice podcast. Pam's work encompasses helping her clients transform their lives by eliminating self-created barriers and maximizing their full potential. Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to be here and get going with you today. Well, I'm excited for us to chat. I'm really glad to have you on with us. And let's start our conversation off talking about how you got into coaching. So before you transitioned to coaching, you had built a pretty successful career in real estate. You were recognized as one of the 100 most influential realtors in New Jersey, and you had won prestigious awards, including the Circle of Excellence Platinum Level, and also being recognized as one of Realtrend's top realtors. So talk to us about your journey and how you transitioned into coaching. Basically, what happened was I was born as an entrepreneur mindset. I like to do a lot of things. I have a lot of things going on at all times in my life. And I like that. And it fills me up. And I'm going back a little bit. But I started as a teacher before I went into real estate. And I taught special needs and special needs population. But while I was doing that, that's where the coaching started. And that's why I say that. Because teaching, I never wanted to think of myself as a teacher and imposing information on people. I kind of wanted to always think of myself as joining them on their journey. But I was also an entrepreneur and I, with a friend, had opened a candy company while we were in grad school and doing the teaching thing because my business mind also needed to be stimulated. And so when I had my own children, my three amazing children, I just felt like teaching wasn't the thing for me anymore because I wanted to put my attention on them. And I give a lot of credit to the teachers who go out there every day and then come home to their own families. And so I decided to get into real estate, built a, like you said, very successful real estate career. And I built a team. So I had a team of agents that would work with me and they'd work with my buyers, mostly sometimes my sellers, but mostly my buyers and your admin and all of that. And so that's where the coaching started and leadership started. And I was horrible at it. I was brought up with a leadership mindset of more of a dictatorship than we're in this together, more of a boss type thing. So it was a real learning curve and experience for me, but it was a great one. And as my career continued to grow, I would start teaching classes in my real estate, not just company, but my industry. So that was coaching to the masses. And then occasionally I'd have agents who reached out to me and said, hey, would you coach me? I'd love some coaching. So it wasn't formal. I was not a certified coach or anything like that, but I started there. And at some point, about 14 or 15 years in, I had decided that Even though I was making the money, I was getting the awards and the accolades, and I actually loved my clients, I just wasn't feeling it anymore. And I was listening to that inner voice, that intuition telling me that, but I wasn't sure how I was going to package this up, what I wanted to do, where I was going to go. And I was a single mom at the time, still am, and just trying to figure it all out. And then unfortunately, it was very sudden. My dad passed away. I had to table the idea of switching careers because I had to focus my attention on my mom on my own mourning and grieving, 
on closing up my dad's affairs and just this new reality I was thrown into, which was, there's no better or worse way to lose someone, but it was sudden. So it was like unexpected. And also this is the person I was brainstorming leaving with because he was like my business icon and it's what we bonded over. So that happened. And then I figured, let me give myself some time. And a year later, I was like, okay, I'm ready now. I'm doing it. And crazy and sadly enough, my mom passed away. And some people would take that as a sign, like, okay, maybe this is not the right time to be changing careers. But I felt the exact opposite. So same thing with my mom as my dad, grieving, mourning, closing up both of their affairs, settling everything up. And then I just said to myself, I've got to do this. I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing, but it's time to make a move. And so when I decided to leave, I packaged my business and sold it. As soon as that happened, a lot of realtors reached out to me and said, now that you're not in the industry, you're not a competition to us, would you coach me? So I started as a business coach and I just took on a few clients here and there just to keep my mind stimulated as I was trying to process what had happened in my life and where I was going and what I wanted to do. And I decided to take some courses in coaching and sort of that's how I want to say fell into it, but that's how my purpose started calling my name. And I just decided to follow the path. And I still do individual coaching, but I'm very selective, not because there are better people and worse people to coach, but because I only have so much energy to give and I'm more in the public speaking forum right now. And that's the platform where I like to reach the people. So I still do take one-on-one coaching, but I only take a small amount of coaches at this point. I can relate to that. My individual coaching is a smaller part of my business as well for the same reasons. And we have some similarities and some differences in our store. I was always a corporate person wanted to be a Fortune 500 CEO. So I did not think that I would be on an entrepreneurial journey. But like you, my dad passed away very unexpectedly. And folks that have listened to the show have probably heard me talk about this before. It was a turning point for me that really got me thinking about what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? And instead of just building an amazing corporate resume, and which had been good, I'd put together half a billion dollar deals, single half a billion dollar deals. So I mean, I worked on some big things. But you have these moments in your life where you just think about, I could be doing something different and making a bigger impact. And I like you, I'm a single mom as well. I have five kids. So it was a big deal for me to take that risk. And so I definitely applaud you for having the courage to make that transition. So one of the things that you talk about is the difference between talking about next level and achieving next level is taking action. And creating a new mindset is about action. Transformation is what happens when you take action. Let's unpack that a little bit and go deeper. Talk to us about what that means to you. An action step is just a step forward. It doesn't even matter what it is, as long as it's pushing you in the direction. And I'm all about baby steps and bite-sized pieces. For people who can take a big chunk and do that, that's great. But most people can't or they would without needing the help. And so for me, it's anything and everything that's going to propel you to where you want to go, but not getting so caught up in the destination Because usually when we get to the destination, we don't stay there long enough to savor it or to appreciate it. We move the goalpost and create a new destination and don't even enjoy and recognize and reflect on, wait, we've wanted this for so long. We're here now. And now we're not even going to relish in it. So to me, it's the meat and the juice of the journey. So what is one thing that you can do today or tomorrow? That's different than things that you've done in the past, or that's the same as things you've done in the past, but you've fallen off and not done in a while. What is that one thing? Is that writing it down and putting pen to paper and really detailing what you want for your life to look differently? Is it setting an intention the night before and then supporting that intention by setting reminders in your 
I call it my alarm on my phone, but a new friend of mine refers it to an opportunity clock because our alarm clock has a negative connotation because it's waking us up out of a peaceful sleep or it's reminding us of something that we don't want to do. So even just shifting the language in your own mind from alarm clock to opportunity clock, but putting reminders in your phone, putting sticky notes around your house to kind of create the support of setting of the intention. Are you going to wake up and have water when you don't usually have water and you have coffee first? Are you going to have an apple cider vinegar shot? There are amazing things and millions of things that you can do. Just listen to Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, Joe Dispenza, which is a completely different perspective than Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone or Wim Hof. And there are so many different tools and they all work. And they're all great. But what you need to do is you need to develop a toolbox and fill them with all these tools. Some people say, okay, I love Hal Elrod's and Miracle Morning, but I'm not going to do all of those every morning because for me, some mornings I wake up and want this and some I want that, but I'm so grateful to have those tools so I can go into my toolbox and say, what is serving me today? And so those I feel like are the ways to start breaking through the barriers that you've created for yourself because what you're doing is you're filling your own personal gas tank. And when we stop filling the gas tank of everyone else, and that doesn't mean I'm saying don't be a giver, because I am certainly not. But we've gotten away from filling our own gas tanks, so we're filling other people's gas tanks while we're on empty. And that's no good for anyone. So when you start to get full and you have reserves and you have extra, then you can pour to anyone and everyone else, but you're feeling so good and whole and in above yourself that whatever your dream is, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever career you want to have or life you want to live, it's much more attainable. You can see it as an option and you become a magnet for it and you attract abundance into your life. Absolutely. I really like you bringing up the filling your gas tank. Some people will say fill your cup as well. But the principle is about making sure you're taking care of you first, because you can't serve others at your best level if you're not performing at your best and you're not taking care of yourself. So it's very important that we make sure we fill our tank as well. And I love what you mentioned about just taking any action. It doesn't have to be something monumental. People always get discouraged because they're not taking these big actions. And it's really the little shifts in your life that help you to move the ball and get to where you want to go. It's not about these big leaps all the time. It's good to do big things here and there. But one of the things we talk about on the show often is in football, just as an example, teams don't try to get into the end zone on every single play. It's about that incremental movement. And same thing in our lives. It's about those shifts, those reminders, those post-it notes, those little opportunity clock settings that we put for ourselves to do things different in our lives, to see the shifts that we want. And when you start doing that, you're going to see the momentum go in the direction you want to, and then you'll get excited about it and you'll keep wanting to do more and more, which is great. So I think that it was I really like what you mentioned, just taking small actions, because that's what's important is small actions every day, not just the big steps. So you recently, a few months ago, wrote a letter to your 20-year-old self. And so talk to us about why you wanted to write that letter and the things that you talk about in it. Oof, I've written so many vlogs since then that I haven't posted yet, so I have to remember. <laughs> but I think it was a lot about being kind to yourself. So I have to tap into that. So I wrote it because actually... I have robust Instagram account and a lot of people were DMing me. One who were in my demographic is interesting and there are a lot of 20-somethings and more late 20s and earlys and I focused on my early 20s, but also a lot of people DMing me questions that made me realize, you know what, if I went back and kind of gave a screenshot or a snapshot rather of who I was then, 
what I thought, what I wished I had done, I think it would be valuable to people. And that's why I did it. And I think the takeaway from it, and I haven't read it in a little while, even though I wrote it, I have, I write all the time. So it's hard without reading it or having it in front of me to glance at. But I think the takeaway from it was that we can only be where we are in a given moment. And we have to love ourselves for who we are in that moment. And it's really, really hard to know that at the moments that we're at. So like if I am 20, it's hard to know that when I'm 20 and I have to get to 40 to realize that or 40 and then or get to 60 and then say, oh, I wish I would live my life this way when I'm 40. And I stopped doing that. I stopped getting to the point where I wished I did something and I just decided to lean into it. But when you're coming out of your teenage lives and I have three teenagers it's very hard to be confident in yourself, to feel secure, to feel like you matter. And if you could just give yourself grace, if you could just be kind to yourself, not want yourself to be somewhere you're not, not beat yourself up for not being somewhere that you're not and accepting where you are. And that doesn't mean being like, okay, and this is where I am and this is where I'm going to stay. But when you kind of say to yourself, this is okay, it actually allows you to move forward faster. It allows you to open up doors for what you want to come into your life. But when you're resisting who you are, where you are, and what you are, you're putting up a wall against the ability to flow. So surrendering is key at every single moment to what is happening, to who you are, to where you are, and to what's going on. Sure. That really starts with shifting your mindset to think that way. And one of the things that we talk about is changing your mindset no matter where you start. Can you just give us a couple nuggets? there on how people can really do that? First of all, if I can do it, you can do it because I experienced major trauma as a young child and then just lots of different adversities that I can go into, but there were more garden variety. But I know because of the trauma that I experienced, my launching pad was not really a comfortable one to embark on life as a elementary school student, as a teenager. And so I know that if I can do it, everyone can do it. And that's really what I want to say I think that's really important because people feel like, oh, she can, or he did, or they have this, then I don't have that. And that's not true. The biggest tip is self-awareness and consciousness. So are you noticing your thoughts? Are you allowing them to run rampant in your mind and becoming a prisoner of your thoughts rather than control isn't the right word, but having managing them? So we have, I can't remember the statistics, so don't quote me on this, but it's either 90,000 thoughts that run through our mind a day and 80% are negative or 80,000 thoughts that run through our mind a day and 90% are negative. And so we don't even check those thoughts to say, hey, does this thought still resonate with me? Am I still a loser? Am I annoying? Am I worthless? Am I not able to do this? We just believe what we tell ourselves and we believe our thoughts. So if you start noticing your thoughts, you don't even have to challenge them right now. All you have to do is notice them. You'll start noticing, wait, that's not my belief system anymore. That never was my belief system. Other people imposed that on me and I let that seep into my cells and take over. And so when you start to notice that the thoughts aren't serving you, automatically there'll be a shift. Then when you get a handle on that, the next step is to question and challenge the thoughts. So is this thought really real? Do I like it? Even if I think it's real, do I want it anymore? You don't want it? Toss it over your shoulder. It's gone. Let go. Release it. If it comes back, remind yourself that you no longer want it. But this takes a state of awareness, not autopilot not kind of coasting on cruise control through life. It takes a state of awareness. And we go in and out of consciousness all day long and different people go on different levels to base it depending and based on how evolved we are. And evolved does not mean better or worse than a person who is less evolved. It just means at a different place in their journey. So 
the first step is becoming aware. It's okay if you're not in the state of awareness all day long. Just start checking yourself. And if you have to write notes again to yourself or use the opportunity clock and say to yourself, time to check in on my thoughts. What am I feeling? And also give yourself credit when the thoughts are serving you. So that would be the first hack that I would suggest. I love that. And I think it's important you mentioned giving yourself credit too, because it's easy to get frustrated when we're not seeing progress or not seeing outcomes that we want. To your point, we think about negative. I've seen the statistic be between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day, three quarters are negative. So I don't know what the right number is, but the point is there's a lot that are negative. And so it's easy for us to kind of stay in that state of negativity and not give ourselves credit for when we are doing something positive. We are trying to make a shift. So I think that's great that you brought that. Another thing I wanted to chat with you about is keeping focus and setting boundaries. Do you have any nuggets that you could share with our listeners around that? I think a lot of people don't set boundaries because they are taught, messages are ingrained in us, patterns are conditioned, and they're taught to do things whether they resonate with the person or not. So go take care of your parents. And I'm not saying don't take care of your parents, but there are boundaries you can have within taking care of your parents. Or go do this or go do that. Or I need to do this because of this, or it's just the respectful thing and right thing to do, says who? People always say they, the proverbial they, I'm doing air quotes for they. They say this, they say that. I always say, who's they? I want to know who the they is because if I don't value the they, I'm not listening to what the they says. So it's really tuning and tapping into yourself and asking yourself if this works for you. And if it doesn't work for you, then switch it. Or if it doesn't work for you, but you don't feel like you can do something different, then set up a boundary within your own mind. Okay, I'm going to go visit this person because I feel obligated. They kind of guilted me into it, but I'm going to be really clear that I have 45 minutes to do it. That's just kind of getting you on the path to creating healthy boundaries. I don't like talking on the phone much to very many people. There's, of course, my kids and a select few people, but I'm not a big phone person. So usually when I get on the phone, and this is usually true anyway, I'm like, hey, I have about 10 minutes and then I'm going to have to get off. And then at like minute seven, I remind them at 10 minutes, I'm going to have to get off. That's healthy boundaries because that's what works for me. I'm all about keeping my vibration and my energy at a really high level. And if it's being drained because I'm not setting boundaries, then I'm not doing a service to myself. And if I'm not serving myself, I am not able to serve others the way I want to serve them. And that's what it always comes down to for me. It's not just about me. It's how I want to show up for other people. But the only way to show up 100% as my best self is by taking care of myself so I can. Again, it would go back to the same thing with thoughts. When I go out with all my friends, do I like being in a bar scene? If the answer is no, then maybe if you go out once a month with your friends to go to a bar, maybe you go out once every two months. The shift doesn't have to be so drastic. Not everything needs to change at once. So it's really getting in touch with what works for you and what doesn't work for you and becoming aware of that first. And if you're not sure, when you go do things, notice how you're feeling in the moment. Notice what your body's telling you, how it's speaking to you before you go or get on the phone or whatever it is that the thing is. Are you excited? Are you looking forward to it? Are you neutral? Or are you complaining about having to do it? And that'll tell you a lot about how you feel about what you're doing. Thank you. So one thing I want to talk about too is your podcast called The Juice. So tell us more about why did you want to start the podcast and the conversations that you focus on? 
I don't know that I wanted to start it. Someone approached me and asked me to start it. And so I started it and I am grateful and glad that I did, but it wasn't like I had this major burning desire to start a podcast. So I want to be clear on that, but I'm so glad I did because the topics we hit on is we talk to individuals from all walks of life and we gain unique and interesting insights from them that are meant to help everyone who's tuning in live their best life. They help us learn. They help us laugh. They help us grow. We hear other people's stories of adversity. When we have someone on, we're always having the people on who have gotten to the other side of adversity. So it's always people who have gone through something but are super successful. And super successful does not mean in their career necessarily. Maybe they're the best parent that they want to be. Maybe they are living their very best life, but it's like out in the woods and it's very quiet and has nothing to do with other people or nothing to do with anything monetary. It's not the point about monetary or accolades or awards or anything like that. It's just, what have you been through and how did you get to the other side of it? And one of my Instagram followers was on a live with me and it was right after the holidays. And I asked him how his holidays were. I asked everyone and he chimed in and said, sober. And I was like, sober, hmm. So I just said, sober, does that mean you're dry, you're not drinking, and you're in recovery? And he said, yeah. And I pulled him up, and he wound up being on my podcast. And it was one of my best podcasts because it was so authentic. I've had some pretty mega people on who are also awesome. But this was just so real, and I was able to see him, appreciate him, and acknowledge him. And whether it touched him or not, it touched me. And so I know it touched him too, but it was so meaningful to me. So I love my podcast. It's so much fun. And it's also so much fun being on podcasts like yours. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I love that example because you reminded me as I was listening. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. That's where my big following is. And I saw a post recently about a guy who had posted a picture of himself saying, I've been sober for a year. And then he, I forgot what he wrote in it, but it was just such a moving thing. So I reached out to him. I was like, we're going to do a LinkedIn live because I just really wanted to share that story. And you're right. Success isn't just about business or career. There's so many other aspects of our lives where we can claim success and we can't lose sight of those things as well. So I just think that's awesome that you had him on your show. And I'm going to check out that episode too. So is there a piece of advice or an insight that someone gave you from being on your show that has just really touched you and been something that you think about often as you continue in your life? I mean, I wouldn't be able to pick one. There's so many nuggets and golden gems and there's not one. People just recently asked me, what's my favorite book? And it's the same kind of thing. You're in different places at different times and you get to pull from your toolbox. So I'm not like a favorite type of person because different things serve me in different moments. So I don't know. I'm going to have to pass on that one. Okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. And so tell us about where can people listen to your podcast? Sure. You can go Apple, Spotify, any of those platforms. And if you want to watch it, we drop it on Instagram every couple of weeks when we do it. YouTube is going to have it. I'm setting up a YouTube, but it's not there yet. And then of course, you can go on my website and there'll be a link that'll drive you to one of the places. So any of those platforms. Okay, perfect. And we'll be sure to have some of those links in the show notes so people can check out your podcast. So what I want to do now is transition to what I call my two-minute drill and just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. The first one is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? A mom. Nice. Love it. Next question is, who would play you in a movie about your life? Me. (laughs) No one said that before. I love it. It's great. How about what is your favorite vacation spot? Anywhere with my children. Nice. Well, a lot of people like to go on vacation without their children. That's their break. So I love that you enjoy going places with your family. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? I don't really eat ice cream. I'm a health freak. I'm so great. 
Oh, good for you. I eat pretty healthy, but I do like to sneak a little ice cream here and there. I'll give you my favorite juice. Okay, that works. I love like any sort of green juices without fruit, spinach, kale, all that sort of stuff. A little bit of lemon. That does it for me. Do you make them yourself? I do both. I make them myself, but obviously if I'm in a pinch, sometimes I'll just run to the local juice place. Gotcha. All right. How about what is a pet peeve of yours? A lack of kindness. Yeah, I would say that's a good one. That's one that really upsets me too, because I think this world just needs so much more kindness in it too now, especially with everything that's going on. It's not so much that it upsets me. Actually, it hurts me for the people who aren't being kind because I know they're struggling because yes, when you're feeling good, you're kind. And so it's more that I feel for them and I kind of just want to go and hug them. Ah, good point. Yeah, I think that's important to remember too, is usually when people are unkind, they are struggling to your point. And so we should show compassion towards those people as well. My next question is, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I just finished, read like five books at a time, but I just finished Spiritual Partnership by Gary Zukav, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, which is like my eighth time reading it. And I also just finished How to Win Friends and Influence People for like the eighth time. That's a classic and it's a good one. (laughs) So awesome. My last question is, you are hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Nikola Tesla, Wayne Dyer, and Norman Vincent Peale. And the reason is Nikola Tesla, my whole world is about energy. Everything is about energy. I do not look at the 3D world. I look through my mind's eye more than anything else. I try to have my consciousness be really expansive when I'm assessing situations and living my life. And he's all about energy. So I just have some questions. I might include Nikola Tesla and Albert Einstein as one. So I made a fork. I apologize. Wayne Dyer, he helped me shift my mindset. So sadly, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he's still with us for sure. And he was instrumental in me changing my lens. And then Norman Vincent Peale, also, whenever I read his book, I get new nuggets out of it, but also instrumental in making me realize that we have a choice every single day, how we want to live our life, how we want to interact in it. And our our thoughts create our own reality. And I have the power to create whatever reality I want in a given moment. And whatever showings up to me for me is a reflection of my thoughts and where I am. And he made me realize that. And I think that's powerful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Something that I'll post about it often is around the theme of don't focus on what you can't control, but shift your energy to what you can create. And it's all about that, right? Like focus on what you can create and that positive energy and don't worry about the noise and everything else. And to your point, you do get a choice every single day. You have choices to make no matter what's going on around you, especially in this time, there's so much negativity, so much uncertainty. Still, I find a lot of people thought that once 2021 was here, it was going to be like a light switch and everything was magically just going to be different. And it didn't happen that way. And so you still see people that are A, making excuses as to why they can't do things, B, just contributing to the noise and the negativity. And it's like, just shift your energy to what you can create, put those positive vibes out there and really make the world a better place. As cliche as that sounds, but it, I just see so much negative stuff on social media and it, I quite honestly stay off of it most of the time because it's just too much. Setting boundaries, to your point, I just don't want to get consumed in all that stuff. Well, as we look to close the show, tell people how can they follow you on your journey? I think the best place to go is Instagram and follow me at Pam Christian with two N's at the end. You could also check out my website at thepamchristiangroup.com. But I think Instagram is probably the best place to start. As you go there, you can filter out to my other platforms if you are interested. 
Perfect. And we'll again have those in the show notes. And Pam, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.